Contenders, ready! Hello and welcome to the GladPod in association with Gladiators TV. For the last time in this series, I'm David Blackmore and with me as always is Jet and producer Paul. Diving into the mailbag for this final episode of this series and all of you guys that have emailed in, we will make sure we get to some of these correspondence in the next series. But there's an email here from Ferg who picked up on something that producer Paul spoke about in a previous GladPod about the anxiety of family plans on Saturday night. Now, there was one episode of season three when his street had a power cut just as the show started. And I can imagine just that sheer power panic it caused him as an eight-year-old and it meant his older sister drove him to another family member's house to try and catch the remainder of the show because of course there were no like on demand or plus one channels back in those days and it was about 12 years before he ever caught up with that one elusive heat paul you can share his pain right oh i know that anxiety all too well if somebody would call around or you had to go somewhere or the video player didn't work or you'd forgot to rewind it to the right spot and there wasn't enough space on on the rest of the tape the stress of it every saturday was just unbearable and the thing was if you missed it you missed it there was no reruns or on-demand services or rewinding it to kind of get to the start so yeah i totally can just remember how i felt as a kid trying to capture all of those shows on vhs tapes would your parents ever have agreed to go to a family event or a birthday party or any kind of milestone event wedding on a Saturday knowing full well that you'd want to watch Gladiators and then kind of the part B to that question is have you watched Gladiators in other places because you've gone to a party and you've just kind of squirreled away into a corner to a short just to watch gladiators on saturday night i'm trying to think back and i mean i was i was definitely not a brat as a kid so i could never imagine if my parents did need to go somewhere that i would be like no i'm not going but equally i think what we must have done was just set the tape off like a brand new tape to just capture enough of it but yeah i'm sure even if i was out i would be trying to watch it somehow actually you you've just brought back a memory for me that i went to florida with my parents on holiday when series three was happening i think it was and i missed the first two episodes of that week and i had to get somebody else to record it for me and when i got back from florida and we were all jet lagged i could not go to sleep until i'd watched these two episodes of gladiators now ferg says it is absolutely fantastic to hear from all the gladiators but in particular from laser and he says that episodes like this with the glads who had you know short stints on the show or not at all in the case of, of Shark, gives the Glad fans such an amazing insight into what happened at that time. He adds it must be incredibly surreal for, for Di to chat and, and just like you did with um, Laser, just instantly bond with someone who has such a deep shared experience as she does and yet you could, you've never crossed paths during your times on the show. And his question for you, Di, is, and he, and he wonders how you feel about what you learn or what you've learned so far of the show in some subsequent years of 
your stint as Jet. You know, do these interviews, do these glad pods with individuals who were on the show in later years bolster your nostalgia for your own memories and give you a sense of vicariously still being part of the franchise? Or does it at times kind of impact your own fondness when she hears how it went for other gladiators or, or actually even validate your decisions for, you know, particularly leaving at the time? Wow, what an amazing question. How wonderful. Oh, it, having done the Glad Pod and having the chance to do what I do for a day job, but in a slightly different, in the journalistic kind of field as opposed to psychotherapy. So I've got to remember those two fields are actually quite similar. We're asking questions, one's private and one is for everyone to hear. So it's very similar and I'm naturally nosy because to speak to another Glad, regardless of what season and what year, and hear what it was like for them during the process to get in, have their costume designed for them or design themselves, train up on the events and then actually perform and be filmed and then review the series afterwards and get fan mail and things like that has touched me more than probably any experience in my life other than the, the big human deep things with family and friends. And it's made it feel like a very unique experience. And I think there's probably less than 1% of the people on this planet who are actually classic glad fam. That's so true. And Paul, for you, like the journey that we've been on with this glad pod, what impact has it had on your memories? Presumably it's brought back some memories that perhaps you didn't remember that you had and probably help bolster the ones that you that do come to mind and brought them brought them back quite vividly yeah totally and i think it's always the thing like no matter who we get on the podcast and whatever experience that they've had they've all shared something that is very similar yet yet everybody has had different experiences different outcomes positive not so positive and just hearing it one-to-one and kind of getting these experiences and this podcast is going to just be a fantastic listen along and, and really hearing in the, the insights and how not only was the production made but how did the individual gladiators contenders cast and crew all feel about it as well so I, I think it's just so invaluable it's so nice to be part of that journey and, and to really capture it and ask those questions that perhaps I was too nervous to ask as a, as a fan back in the day whereas we can all kind of like delve a little bit deeper and, and people have moved on in their lives so they look back in a, a totally different way as well and sometimes Paul you just give me those difficult questions to ask so that you don't have to ask it if you don't want to offend them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got a few more emails as well. I just wanted to get through this week. And there's an email from Matthew Budden. Now, he's someone that we've mentioned on the pod before, but he's getting in touch about a topic that we've mentioned a few times on the Glad Pod: the use of original names for the Sky series. Now, for Matthew, he says Panther, Siren, and Warrior could have been renamed as Puma, Frost, and Everest. Coming to you first, Paul, what do you think? The use of duplicate names is something that is very frowned upon within the, the Gladiator fan community. We don't like to have that kind of name and iconic persona then used for somebody else. Very much kind of like the, the Marvel and DC kind of comics and stuff, although they sometimes do do it as well. But I think the name is so representative of the individual athlete. It is a shame when, they, when the Sky series went and did that. 
Panther was actually going to be called Envy originally until one of the bosses at Sky decided that they wanted it changed to be Panther. And Warrior was originally a reserve gladiator for Series 1 called Thunder. I wish that they'd kept those names because they were two kind of unique names that had never been used in the UK before. There was also Amazon, Dr. Zoe, who obviously that was a repeat name as well. And I don't know, there's just so many interesting, unique names that the producers can use that it's always just a shame when they kind of reuse them, I think. So we got a question here from Saqib Quayum. How did the gladiators and contestants get out on the pendulum? Is that one for you, Paul? Well, I'm sure Di can jump in here, but basically it was a cherry picker which was a crane that kind of the gladiator and contender would get into with a crew member and it would basically take them up above the netting and directly right onto the side of the the pendulum and then the gladiator would climb round into position and the contender would kind of already be in position. So yeah, that's how they got up there. And I just remember it being quite fumey because the cherry pickers are obviously engine based to actually get the mechanics working to sort of hoist you up above a level towards the top of the ceiling. Of course, anything emitting fumes in, even though the arena was very large it was a bit smelly <laughs> very cardio event as well so it's like <laughs> and i always just remember the noise of the pendulum like when that used to go from one side to the other it used to like make this the loudest like noise of obviously all of the valves and stuff that would make it move just like decompressing and stuff it was yeah that never really came across on tv as loud as what it was in the arena it was such an impressive event expensive too die when you cast your mind back then for pendulum is that the memory you had then that the, that smell of the fumes yes and also kind of how exposed you were really a little bit like hang it's one of those huge grand events and you're just one-on-one like hang and not in terms of safety like anything like when you're on the wall you're in a harness again you were up there and i'm gonna say it the word naked i mean we weren't obviously but it was a very once you were up there and that cherry picker had moved away that was you and the ball and all you wanted was that tag off the back of your contender that's it so nothing for that whole minute would go on in your mind sometimes you can like focus on something and it'll take everything from you and that for me was one of those events because once you got below the equator of that sphere it was all upper body strength very very hard because obviously you had to kind of time how you were hanging and when you could get a little bit of support back from the ball to get around quickly like a spider in a web to get a hold of your contender you had to be quite mentally flexible let's say and dive what did when you first saw pendulum for the first time what did well like how was it even presented to you guys that right you're going to go up on this massive ball that looks like something out from outer space and it's going to swing across the arena from side to side and there's going to be a net underneath like how was it sold to you guys that that's what was going to happen can you remember the theme tune for it paul um, oh yeah that all fortune was it like it was a wagnerian kind of piece of classic music well i think that's kind of sums it up vast you know global literally you're sort of looking up at this look like a like a planet in the sky almost okay my dad was an astronomer so i get a bit carried away but he also loved wagner and lots of classical music so when I would look up I'd be like breathtaking that here's this event that is just it seemed almost out of this world to me huge I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Sarah who listens to the podcast from Bermuda and also to Martin Stanbridge who found the Gladpod whilst on a holiday in Turkey and listens to it all whilst relaxing around the pool which sounds like the perfect way to spend your holiday now Martin would like to us to track down Sam Kojo who was a contender who had a 
good battle with Wolf on the show. Now, Martin says he met Sam shortly after he was on the show and that he says he was working as a lifeguard in London and was a great chat and had some good stories that he shared with him about the show. Paul, is he on your list? Sam Kojo would be great, yeah. He's definitely on the list. I was so gutted when he was injured in the grand final in Powerball. Literally three seconds into a Powerball game against Shadow, he was tackled and had to be replaced by Phil Campbell. But I just think of, to be injured in Gladiators in, is one thing, but to be injured in the grand final just must have been so gutting. Sam, if you're listening, please get in touch and we'll, we'll try and figure something out and die sam kojo would you keen to get on the glad pod absolutely what a journey he had and literally as you said sort of minutes before probably claiming victory it was cruelly taken but you know you you can't go up against someone like shadow and not come a cropper easily everyone listening out there in in the glad family thank you so much for all your support it's truly incredible all the messages that we get with your memories with your questions the people that you'd love to us to hear keep it coming in we we'd love receiving all of them you know that by now the ways you can get in touch it's by email is gladpod at gladiatorstv.com or sliding into our dms on instagram facebook or twitter but for the last time in this series and we will be back for another series don't you worry let's get on with this week's show On this week's GladPod, we're joined by two existing, current, real-life gladiators, the real McCoy that are doing gladiating right now. Now, because, you know, throughout our podcast, we've always spoken to former glads about their lives before, during and afterwards. But I'm looking forward to speaking to two gladiators who are actually making a name for themselves on a rebooted version. And I'm delighted to introduce, from the other side of the world, from Down Under, Tatiana Bogonza Dumas and Tyson Pedro aka Comet and Dragon from the new Australian series. Welcome to the Glad Pod, you two. Hurtling toward the arena, it's Comet. The superpowers are speed and velocity, which technically they tell me are the same thing, but you get what I mean. I hope you've watched How to Train Your Dragon, because there's one coming for you right now. Now, before we delve into your gladiatorial journey, for those listening to this gladpot who don't know too much about the Australian version, so Gladiators first made its debut on Australian television screens back in 1995 and ran for three series, of course, including various international competitions. It made a brief return for another series in 2008, but this month, Gladiators made a return to the Australian screens on Channel 10 and 10 Play, which is the new home for the Australian Gladiators. Previously, it was on Channel 7. I think it's fair to say that Australia hasn't been able to miss the fact that Gladiators is back down under with a massive marketing campaign. We've got TV ads, posters, billboards, adverts on trams and buses and personal appearances too. Comet, for you, seeing your face everywhere, what has that been like for you? Look, I have previously done other TV shows at a younger age. So for me, this was my first one. But with how big the production went, it set me back. And like, for me, it was, you know, you guys if you guys are watching my instagram or you know interacting with me you guys see these moments where i put up reels about how unreal the experience is seeing yourself in a, in a shopping center as large as life <laughs> like 
twice as 10 times as big it's wild it's overwhelming it's very much it's an unexplainable feeling because you know other people get to walk through shopping centers look at you and just admire you and be like oh that's cool but you're standing there like that's me it's such an unreal feeling and i wish i could explain it a lot better you know articulate myself in a way that you guys could understand but it's it's wild to say the least. And what about for you, Dragon? Yeah, I've been very blessed to be on billboards and things for my career as well. I will say it is very different seeing myself in a costume and uh, makeup. So that's definitely the difference. Been exciting, especially for, you know, my daughter and my nephew and kids. Uh, they, they think I'm a superhero. So I think that's the biggest difference uh, for me. And it's been a very exciting time, especially for my family. Um, my family, uh, especially my mother's side, they actually don't like what I do for a career. So now seeing me as a gladiator, they've been more excited excited about that than me fighting. And for you, Comic, so you're a qualified stunt performer, pro basketballer, you're the women's head coach of the Sydney NBA Academy. You know, competition is very much in your DNA because you also appeared on the Ninja Warrior series two and three, didn't you? So how does your preparations for Ninja Warrior, how does that compare to sort of how your preparations have been for gladiators? Because they're quite similar in terms of the, the style, what the, you know, what you're being asked to do, right? Yes, uh, it's slightly different with regards to Ninja Warrior and Gladiators, it's the difference is seen. You know, in Gladiators, there is events that require particular skill sets. So in Ninja Warrior, there's a lot of, you know, rock climbing things. It's very intricate type of skills. Um, whereas on Glads, you have a diverse range of things that you might, skill sets that you might need not to downplay Ninja Warrior, because don't get me wrong, that is unreal in itself but they're just slightly different in the sense what's required for each event so yeah my preparation wasn't too different but i am a basketball player so i focus a lot of my agility and i end up transitioning a little bit to more uh weight training so i had chaos help me with that i even had halo help me with a bit more you know just making sure i was a bit more quicker either with my hands or with my feet or whatever it might be so just slight differences and dragon now this may be a producer paul golden nugget he does like to these out for us. Is it true that you're named after the one and only Mike Tyson? Uh, it is. My dad named me after Mike Tyson. When I was born, I came out, I had a scar on my head and uh, I wasn't crying and I had my fists up. So he named me Mike Tyson uh, after Mike Tyson. Now, Tyson, your journey to becoming a gladiator is a little bit different to Comets in that you are a UFC light heavyweight and you've also got three black belts in Japanese jiu-jitsu, Kenpo karate and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it got me thinking for you getting yourself ready for gladiators. Have you had to change any of your training or the routine that you were in to get ready for some of these events? I, I was in fight camp when I tried out for gladiators and there was a, a lot of the hanging and pull-ups. I remember going, damn, this is going to be hard. But uh, the, the agility stuff, I was all over. I wasn't a, I didn't have to change up too much in training. Luckily, uh, all of my stuff is obviously head-to-head -head combat. So it uh, makes it easy. There was a couple of events that we did that I definitely wasn't ready for. So for both of you, how much of Gladiators did you know about before your gladiatorial journey started? Because I'm just looking at the timelines of when the Australian versions have been on before. You're both so young, so you, you may have been aware of it, perhaps weren't as much of a fan as perhaps Paul and I were for the UK version because, you know, we, we were just that little bit older. Yeah, so I am quite young. Uh, thankfully, my mother is, well, was very interested in the Gladiator series. Uh, so growing up, I heard little bits and pieces. Again, when you're that young, you're like, oh yeah, cool, 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 cool. But, you know, as you get older and you start to look more into TV production, things like that and what is kind of 
designed around your personality because I'm in the industry and had been since I was 16. It's something that kind of crosses your mind or conversation with, you know, your friends or family. And it's funny because I actually was talking to a friend of mine who was a studio and they were like, a year and a half ago, they said, you know, it'd be the perfect TV show for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, you know, if they did a reboot of Gladiators, you should do it if, if it comes up. It never left my mind her mentioning that. But yes, I rewatched some of it. I do have a few favorites. Ice is definitely one of my favorites, and Vulcan, of course. So tell me what it's been like to embody your individual gladiators. You said that you have to tweak your training, of course, sports-specific training for these events. But what was it like to first, say, have a hand in designing your costume? And what sort of gladiator were you ever going to be in the arena? Like a real baddie like Ice or, or Vulcan? For me, uh, thinking back to the gladiators, is a big part of it. Like, especially Vulcan was one of the few people I do remember uh, competing in gladiators. And it was a big thing for me because it was... One of the few Polynesians that you would see on TV that you had someone to look up to and you go, oh, he looks like me. So, you know, like uh, that sort of gave me a bit of a drive to when I was thinking about doing this to go, you know what, for the young Polynesians coming up, maybe this is another thing that they might look at and they go, oh, this is a route. Instead of just playing like sports or doing anything, they might be able to come onto TV. So that was a uh, sort of deciding factor for me. So helping out with the costume, man, it was like a dragon sort of picked me. So it was perfect, you know, with the martial arts backgrounds, all of my Japanese uh, martial arts uh, side of things. It was, as soon as they came in, they go, you're a dragon. I was like, this was meant to be. Unfortunately, I couldn't tweak the makeup. We had to stick with that one. <laughs> but but uh, everything else, man, it was almost perfect. Like the, the bodysuit instead of the crop top, perfect dragon. <laughs> so it was just like it suited, suited my style, suited uh, what I was coming in as a character to play. And uh, I was so happy with how it came out. I was watching earlier and I was so envious. The whole look and style of your show. Mm. For me, is gorgeous. I just think that you all looked absolutely stunning. Just kind of oh, Celtic, Viking, mythical makeup. Comet, how was it for you for the same questions? Embodying Comet and the costume. Did you design it? I had no say in my design. Production was very sold on the eight Comet, which I absolutely loved, by the way. I absolutely love my costume. I have no complaints. With regards to Comet, I explained to people... Common is me unfiltered. So that's me rough, raw, you know, the banter is me being me. And, you know, it's a side that most people don't get to see because when you're, you know, you handle business and you handle people and you're in that industry, there's a professionalism that comes with what you do. So when I get to be Comet, it's very much like Comet is a menace. Comet is, Comet is sassy. Comet is about to give you the fire type of thing. So I'm allowed to be that. And I love every bit of that. Every bit of it. Like what you see is what you get. You'll have to fight with all your might. I'm the one who is as fast as light. Oh, he's flying up. What a One question that we always ask our gladiators is kind of that journey to becoming a gladiator. Did you guys apply or were you spotted? Parmit's uh, application is a funny one. I actually applied. So I had come across it on Instagram. I had several people, you know, send it to me and they're like, you need to do this. I was like, ah. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I have no idea. There's probably like a thousand people applying for this, but you know what? I think I bring up something a little bit special. I actually applied and of course you get the call and you know, they go through the whole process and Comet actually went in as a contender and the option of being a gladiator came up and Comet declined. Actually, I declined it. And my response was, I want to be a contender and I want to beat these people that you call gladiators. And I want to show that they're not as good... <laughs> 
as you guys think they are, that a contender can come in and compete. And production, I think, was a little bit shocked with the response and the decline, you know. And, and then I thought about what the opportunity meant. And like Dragon mentioned before, it's about representation. Growing up, there wasn't a lot of young females that looked like me on screen. And for me, having this opportunity, I'm able to, one, be myself, and two, showcase that Comet is, is more and be that representation. I have a little sister, so for me, representation is a big thing. And showing that no matter what color, where you come from, you can be a strong woman on screen and be the character that you want to be in real life as well. So for me, representation was a big thing. I wrote back and I said, production, I'm more than happy to be a contender. But if the opportunity to be a gladiator comes up, I'm more than happy to, you know, sway that way as well. Whatever you wish and whatever best suits the show. Production came back and was like, oh, thank God. You know, we, we would love to have you as a gladiator. So yes, my story is a little bit different, uh, probably from the other glads, but um. Yeah, I declined the offer first. And that's not me being egotistic. That was just me being super competitive. As you guys can see, I'm a very competitive person. I wanted to prove otherwise. I said that contenders can be just as strong. And Dragon, what about you? I'm going to put money on the fact you were spotted. I think you'd be right. It actually came through my manager. I definitely didn't apply. So unless he applied without my knowledge, but I'm pretty sure that he, they, uh, he was reached out to. So I'm pretty blessed with that. And I'm very thankful that they did. Where were you? What were you doing? Who were you with when you got that glad call? I was actually doing a private session with one of my kids. And I said to her, I said, hold on a minute. Like something's telling me to pick this call up. And she goes, yeah, no problem. I'm like, finish your free throws, do your thing. And I like pick up the, the phone and they were just like, hey, Teddy Honor, like we just wanted to call you because we want to discuss, you know, your position and what we've decided to like go with. And I was like, oh, like, cool. Thank you. Like, let's have this discussion. It was a really weird way that they said it. It was just like, so as a gladiator, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm a gladiator. I'm not a contender. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone with gladiator. So I was with one of my kids. And when we finished the phone call, she's like, well, what, what is it? You know, you, you've got a face. And I said, I'm now a gladiator. Like that was the call. So we had a moment, <laughs> a lot of jumping up and down, a lot of screams. So yeah, that was, we were outside, outdoor court, private session, and that's when I got the call. What about you, Dragon? Where were you when you got the glad call? It was actually pretty cool. So I'm not sure if you guys know who Israel Adesanya is. He's the, uh, he was the champion of the UFC. I was at dinner with those guys, uh, I uh, ex-champion now, but uh, I was at uh, dinner with uh, those guys. We were having a farewell dinner for the teammates. I got a call from my manager and I walked downstairs. I was actually pretty excited, to be honest. I was pretty happy. I called uh, my family and my wife straight away, came back upstairs, gave all the boys hot fives. But yeah, <laughs> dragons on. It was a pretty cool moment and it was just different, you know. Uh, it, it sort of um, set my mind in a different place uh, when I was in fight camp at that time and to think that I was going to be on mainstream TV, it was sort of was setting my like mind and I knew that there was going to be a different path about to happen. So in terms of all of the competitive sports that you've been involved with, both of you, how does it compare to, to, to actually to be a gladiator and to say that when I gladiated the other day, you know, I mean, how many people can say that across the planet ever? What is the comparison like? Is it something you thought it would be? The competitiveness is similar. I had to catch myself a couple of times. Uh, there was uh, some times when I was watching the contenders come out and I would sort of my brain would almost go into fight mode again. So I had to catch myself a couple of times to remember that we didn't have to hurt these guys. <laughs> but the, the, I would say some of the activities my body definitely wasn't used to, uh, uh, activities, events. One of the events that was definitely harder on my joints than I was expecting was holding my own weight. But the one where I'm versing the person, one-on-one, oh, um, -on -one, they, they were more fun. That was like what I was used to. But overall, it was 
Yeah, it's just different, you know, but exciting. It's really hard to think to kind of articulate as well. Is it? It's just really, like Joe said, it's a really different feeling. For me as well, like I said, I'm super competitive. So for me, you know, there were moments where I had to turn it down a little bit. But, you know, we are here to compete. We are here to, you know, verse somebody and give you guys a show. So it only turned down a little bit for me. You know, there's a lot of banter. And as you guys can feel a little bit, a lot of intensity, actually, from me as a, you know, a gladiator. I think one thing that stood out throughout this show and being a gladiator was actually how well we worked as a team. That caught me off guard. You know, we were 12 people from all different backgrounds, all different sports, and we all have different personalities. And for me, you know, although I play team sports, sometimes there will be moments in your team that don't work or people don't get along. So for me, it was it was unreal. I was very grateful for the team that was put together. Yeah, I think a lot of people get to see these moments where I, I explain on my, you know, my Instagram how grateful I am for the team that I have. You know, yeah. a few tears here for Comet. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I think that's the thing that was a little bit different for me. I was just thinking that before we move on, basketball is contact, but it's not the grappling. It's not that. How was it when you first realized you're going to really have to get in? I'm pretty intimate with all the contenders and takedowns and rugby tackles and things like that. Was that something that fazed you at all or not for me personally no i have siblings i have a brother <laughs> uh, like that's the norm so we grew up you know my brother plays rugby so we grew up being quite physical in that sense the relationship between my siblings is very close we love to challenge one another so we do a lot of you know sparring of course not at dragon's level of course not but you know the wrestling the the mucking around if you will we do a lot of that i'm also a stunt performer so being hit you know, working with someone else, throwing somebody else and making sure they're safe is kind of the norm for me personally. So I love every bit of that. You bring such a pedigree to your show. I must admit, I was reading your pedigree of everything you've done and all of the above. Absolutely fantastic. And you're the fastest woman I have ever seen on a basketball course. Watching some of your budgets going, Wow, the power and the speed. You are comets. I think so many of the gladiators are fit, uh, like are so fitting to their names. That was really cool. I think that how production did that. Yeah, I was going to ask about the name comment. I know Dragon. I know you've touched on it from from yourself. But what did you think about your name, and how did they kind of sell it to you? Like, do you think as a Dragon was saying, it does suit you? I mean, is there a story behind your name? Production gave me my name, but growing up as a kid, and I'm not sure if they link. But growing up as a kid, I played for an association called Sydney Comets. And it's the first representative association I started with. And I mentioned in production, I was like, you know, these are the teams I played for. And I was like, I started off with Sydney Comets as, as a kid. So I'm not sure if there's the link. But when I got my name, I was, I was kind of stoked about it a little bit. For me, it set me back. As a kid, being like, oh, I'm a, I'm a common again. Okay, this is cool. And then, you know, I got the brief. And the brief, I think, fit me perfectly. You know, Comet has flames. Comet is fast. Comet is, you know, destructive. Comet is sassy. So I really fell in love with the idea of Comet itself. I love every bit of the name. I'm not sure if it links up with my previous career as a kid. But also Comet, I don't know if you know this, but with the new UK BBC series, they have got a comet too, played by LMA Rayner. Have you seen her? Have you spoken to her? Have you shared comet tips? Yes, I have seen her. Um, my team made it very clear there was a second comet because they know how competitive I am. I haven't spoken to her. Unfortunately, I haven't spoken to any of the UK Gleds. Would love to, of course. All our team would love to, you know, because we're all gladiators at the end of the day and we're all competitors. So, yeah, I mean, if if there was an opportunity for us to have an international glad event, which, you know, my, my team is more than happy 
happy. In fact, we were talking in production about how we'd love to fly there and compete. We would love to give people a show, Gladiator versus Gladiator. You know, we would love that. Like I keep saying, I'm super competitive. I would love to have a one-on-one first. We used to have like these international series and there's been two versions before. So this couldn't technically be the Ashes part three. Dragon, Australia won the Ashes last time. So I feel like the UK Glads will be wanting the Australians to come back to have that rematch and see. But just based on the Glads that you guys have, do you feel that you might bring bring the Ashes back home once more? First of all, if they have another dragon, it's not going to go well for him. <laughs> but two, uh, I think Australia definitely wants it. We've got a lot of competitive teammates, so I don't see uh, UK holding on to that. You can, you can put my name on that as well. You can tell UK I'm coming for him. <laughs> 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 Look, I, I have to smile, Ulrika, because I must admit that for my countrymen and for Australia, I'm very happy. But the challenge is well and truly set. Here are the Ashes, and uh, we'll be taking them home, but you guys will have to come back to get them. We'll see you next time when we do the Ashes again. So the challenge is well and truly there for you, Brits, Ulrika. Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. We'll be back. I'm loving this, because obviously when we did the Ashes and did International Gladiators, it was our contenders that were competing against each other, and the Gladiators just all took the usual we're your obstacle to success stance. So we're all pretty much on the same team. I would wonder how our new gladiators, the BBC gladiators, would take to going, let's face another set of gladiators on the other side of the planet. Yeah. I think they'd be started up, started up, I'm calling them out. <laughs> as soon as the Australians were announced, the fans were like, can have the ashes done over again. Obviously, the historical kind of rivalry between the UK and Australia has always been there. And in gladiators, there was no exception to that. It was like so competitive and die you actually went over to australia went into the australian arena and competed alongside the australian gladiators so you know how competitive the series could be for me it was one of the highlights of my time as a gladiator to go out to brisbane i think we got to visit sydney but we filmed in the shooting lot at brisbane i dropped a motorbike apparently which meant i should have kept it uh it was harley davidson <laughs> one of the bikes that the the contenders then won but i <laughs> to say it's not only was the camaraderie between the British and the Australian gladiators lovely, the hospitality was off the scale. That's just another conversation altogether. That sounds amazing. Well, keep pouring the gasoline on that fire. Dragon, I wanted to come to you with this because the the costumes are so iconic for, for gladiators, but it's probably a bit different to perhaps what you're used to in terms of it, you know, that lycra and how, they, how it's all designed and stuff. And I know some of the men... For the UK ones, have like been picking us up. Like seriously, is it is this what I'm gonna gonna be wearing? So when you saw your costume for the first time and, and tried it on, what was going through your mind about that at the time? It was very tight. <laughs> but uh, to to be honest, I was just nothing against the the crop tops, but the crop tops just weren't me. So uh, I'm just happy that that's uh I'm, the suit. The, it was just me. Everything's been of me. So, and like I said, uh, as soon as my uh, the kids saw me, they called me a superhero, and I was like, that's it, it for me. So I don't care what anyone else says. Uh, I had fun on there, and uh, lucky the tightness held everything together. <laughs> doesn't just compete, he flies. Gladiators ready.
you know, I'm sure Di maybe will touch on this, but one one of the top tips that we've had from the original gladiators over here in the UK was that they discovered this thing, what, what they've called essentially is bum glue that you could kind of <laughs> put, roll on your skin and then it would stick everything down. I'm not sure if you guys have had that discussion yet. Yes, we tried to use bum glue for Comet for some reason. Bum glue didn't work very well for me, I guess, because of all the running. It didn't hold, didn't stay. It worked for chaos. Unfortunately, I was needing to be done every two minutes or something just kept coming up. Again, my costume is pretty much a one-piece swimsuit with two massive holes in it. So it was it was coming up here and there. But I mean, I, I love my costume, as I mentioned. I love every bit of it. So it's very much me. It's, it's open. I love it. Do you think the superhero element to it comes from the fact that you guys have got these gold cape as well like comet does did, did that make you feel like a, a superhero having that because i think even halo's got like golden wings as well so mm. you know it, it it seems to kind of elevate you guys even further to that kind of superhero yeah i think having the cape kind of just reminds you you're a superhero and i'm not sure if that kind of makes sense but you know when they they stick it on you just like the weirdest thing but you just put your shoulders back and you're like yeah i'm a superhero the cape makes it all better you know it reminds you you know what you're doing and it's it's so wild but yeah it, it's it's like you know you have your cape on you're the superhero to the rest of the world and then as soon as it comes off you're that competitor you're that you're that animal you're that dog whatever it might be whatever you would call yourself and that's when you go to war and so like when you put it back on it's just like the weirdest thing let's get down to life in the arena what are your takeaway memories from the events that you did is there any standout moments that you think that is epic that's me right there and that's my event anything like that one of my favorite moments i think on the uh, pyramids against jason he was uh, on the steps and i remember i was following him along and i just thought in my head i wonder if i could just jump and launch at him so i just launched at him went to the big hit and uh we went straight off of the <laughs> a couple of steps and everyone as soon as i came back out of the gladiators were like that was sick unfortunately uh the rings there's, there's been a couple of mishaps on the rings the rings weren't uh <laughs> weren't my crew too so and uh i think you'll get to see a couple of mishaps on there i think uh a lot of my big wow moments happen in powerball again like i mentioned my siblings play rugby so for me it was just like imagining my siblings running around and when you're when you're competing against you know these contenders you're just like you know you go hard and fast because in my head they're my siblings so a lot of these oohs and ahs kind of happen in powerful for me there is probably maybe one one event in pyramid people are like oh comet maybe maybe too hard you know but you get your praise from your teammates and for me that that's all i need honestly um but there is a moment for comet i think that the audience will absolutely love and adore that the team wasn't expecting everyone to see what comet brings at the end so i wanted to actually bring Di in on this bit because comet you mentioned about powerball and actually that's an event that Di talks about quite a lot in terms of just that that teamwork and how you go about it yeah i mean i think we worked out strategies because obviously it's the five pots about marking and then sort of coming up and backing up whenever and particularly the contenders had worked out if there's two at any end of each of the the event it was more difficult but actually it made it collectively easier for us to mark the bear of them and we would work out little strategies did you guys do anything like that when we first touched of course the game itself yeah we, we were coming up with strategies being like okay for me it was it was chaos working with chaos and arrow so we were very much like okay if she goes this way you know you've got you got her and we, we end up doing kind of like not pods but areas areas that we we would attack so okay this is area this is area of arrow this is area of chaos we were kind of picking up on the fly what works best you know and as the games went on we kind of just went in 
with no strategy. People like, people like, you know, you guys get to see, but you know, me and Chaos have a game with Arrow and it's just me and Chaos while Arrow is standing in the middle, you know? So we ended up doing no strategy because we started getting really competitive in a sense, you know, we didn't want to lose. So it ended up being a one-on-one game. And unfortunately the person who was the second line just looking pretty at that point. So we started off strategy, then no strategy. I'm not sure how the boys, I think the boys actually went with a lot of strategy. The women, not so much. We definitely were uh, strategizing a lot of the games. Just, and that, that was actually one of the parts I enjoyed. You know, you're trying to, you're seeing where someone else failed and then you decide to pick up little tips. And then sometimes it gets, I don't want to say too easy, but you start stopping them so early, but you're like, all right, we've got to sort of play with the food a little bit. But <laughs> it was, uh, that was one of the parts that I enjoyed about it. I really liked, that's the same thing that I like about fighting is the strategy. So that was a cool part of it. What did you actually, And you can give me some tips on hanged up because I was <laughs> so I think <laughs> yeah I think one of them I went past it so then we trying to start hitting like a diagonal to try and stop them on the path and then um one of the cool things was they taught us how to turn in the air but it wasn't till later on so you flick your hips as you're swinging in the direction at the end of the yeah so but uh yeah my elbows just weren't made for rings <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was I was a gymnast as a child so bar ah, there you go and big things but it's just lap pulling down the right hitching yeah. up the lats and literally almost tucking the whole of your body up and you can get really quick traverses in just very gently plotting and seeing which way they're going to go and then just like a spider catching its prey in a web just get there and have fun with them I think it's such a lovely visual event and you can ping their fingers off and you pickling them or whatever scratching down their bodies as they fall both fall to the mat it's all all really good fun and I remember the Australians were really slightly different to the British rig so we had to adapt slightly I think your rings were in line whereas ours ours were always upset so it made it easier so we had to quickly adapt to that Dragon what were your thoughts when walking into the Gladiator arena for the first time now was that the moment where you're like yeah this is this is real now. When I first walked in, to be honest, I just went, this is it. Uh, it, it was, it's like the magnitude of it and how many events were set up. They walked me straight to the pyramid to go walk on top. I was like, damn, that's high. So <laughs> I've never had to fight. I've never had to fight at heights before. So that was a bit of a change in pace, but everything else about it was just, um, I think an initial shock. I just wasn't ready for uh, how big everything was going to be. And just the visual, like the colors and everything, it was, a, it's very well done. I think actually for me, it was the costume. When they handed me my costume, that's when it hit me. And I actually, I was actually in Melbourne. So at the time, and they said, you know what? Your costumes are actually being made in Melbourne. Do you want to go swing around and, and go try it on? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then when my costume was given to me and I put it on, that's when it hit me that this is real. You're considered a gladiator. And then, you know, as you walk into the arena, that's, it's kind of just like the seal. Like you're just like, this is our playground. This is is now a real thing. So I immediately was, you know, cheering, just jumping up and down. I'm a high energy person. So I was kind of like doing many sprints here and there and jumping and having a moment. And then when I come down and just kind of took in everything and started kind of strategizing which games would be my favorite. So I instantly just, you know, went into competitor mode. So yeah, it was when I got my costume is when it, it really hit me. You know, your name is Comet and your name is going to be Comet forever. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Descended from Gladiator Gods. I'm son of the original Gladiator Delta. I'm the son of Hammer. They're born to be gladiators. I have Gladiator in my blood. Will they live up to the high? No, son! These boys are so fast. Or run cry. What a crash boom! That was brutal. Back home. They're playing for their legacy. No pressure. 
the sons of some of the OG Aussie gladiators, Hammer and Delta, competed as contenders in a, in a recent episode, which provides like a great link to the original series. If you guys could compete against any of the OG Aussie gladiators, who would it be? Or if you perhaps bring it up to today, are there any kind of celeb or sports people that you'd be happy to, to go up against if they were contenders? Yeah, so Vulcan and Hammer straight away, they're the two that I would think to try and go against. Um, Celebrity-wise, maybe in the UFC, I'd probably want to go guess my brother-in-law, Taito Mubasa. I think that'd be funny. Jack, you, you got my attention, you know? That? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I look, when when someone you know, gets as much praise as, as, as she is getting right now, I'm like, I would love if we could go back just to test. Again, I, I love good competition and someone here who's great at what they do, I want to go against that person. You can have a thousand people there. I want the greatest person. I want the best person. So, like, you're talking about hang tough and Powerball, I'm like, that's where we'd go. I'd like to retain my answer, please. I want the whole UK Gladiator team. <laughs> I, I do love my choice still, but um, as for celebrities, I'm going to say the UK Gladiator team. Like, I need to... <laughs> <laughs> we are not joking, either. Me and Chaos actually brought this up. You know, we were like, this UK version. And we, we were talking amongst ourselves. I said, do you want to just kind of go there as a surprise? <laughs> she was like, without our costume. But I was like, I don't know. Do you want to just... Do you want to just find out? And chaos is crazy. She's quite chaotic. So the idea was not something that she was going to, you know, turn down. So yeah, we are weird and serious. We love competition. You know, our team does not run from that. And you guys get to see that. So yeah, whenever you guys would like to run it. One thing I really do like about the Australian version is that the the champion contenders of this series becoming gladiators for series two. You and the other lads, are you looking at other league contenders slightly differently? Are you going, could they be a, a gladiator? Could they be a gladiator? Are there discussions you guys are having going, I could see them joining the team next year? I think that was the majority of the show, to be honest. <laughs> the whole time we were just sitting there... To- Without deciding who we th- thought had those qualities, who we thought was going to be in there and uh, give it a good run for their money. But I think that added an extra, I want to say excitement, but for some of the contenders, a bit extra pressure as well. You could see that it meant a lot to them. I think that was a cool part that they added. Comet went against uh, the grain a little bit with regards to, you know, the conversation, you know, that happened amongst the team. There were divided answers and, you know, comments that were that were made about each competitor. Of course, we see things differently, you know, as competitors ourselves. So for me, I was like, okay, I love what she brings, but there needs to be more. There needs to be more than what she's giving me right now. And there's a lot of those conversations that happens in the locker room. And I was very, you know, I was very raw about my answers. I was very honest, you know, because we are looking for someone who is going to compete at the same level, someone who who is going to be on the team and go as hard as what we do. You know, so there is no room for any mediocrity. Yeah, I was always constantly looking at, okay, what does she bring? Is she good at what she does? What are her, what are the great attributes about her that can fit our team? You know, what can she bring to the team? Because we have an amazing bunch of women already and we're, we're quite a balanced team, but we're looking for that extra piece that makes us unstoppable. So yeah, for me, I instantly, was like, what's the prize? They want to be one of us? Show us. Then don't hold back. There is nothing you should be holding back right now. And, you know, yeah, as Dragon said, there were a lot of contenders that took that very seriously. You got to see it in their emotion, the tears that they, you know, they, they, it meant a lot to them. And I love that. That's another thing. I'm very passionate. So having someone else that is going, competing hard every night, passionate about what they do, has a mission 
was something that really that really resonated with me a lot. So yes, there was instant from me. And Karma went against the grain a lot on some of these, you know, conversations because I'm not going to give you the key to the house just like that. You have to earn that. With some of the original UK gladiators that we've spoken about, after sort of competing in one series, they've kind of gone away between series to kind of train slightly differently like hunter for different events he tried to mimic certain things in the outside world that he could then take into the arena so for you guys looking ahead to series two would there be anything that you do differently in terms of your training to get you into an even better position for for the next series and make it even more difficult and challenging for the contenders as i said before i'm about to go into fight camp so i'll be training for a fight so (laughs) that should have me pretty ready but uh, also i think uh, i'll definitely going for a bit more joint care done. some of those hanging stuffs on my elbows and my shoulders just making sure that my, my body was ready for, and used to it so everything else was uh, i think pretty fine i'm trying to think agility wise was fine there were actually there was one of yeah there was one thing that i'll <laughs> it's on the later episodes but I'll, I'll work on that for sure <laughs> probably for me i'd be going back to hanging stuff honestly i thought my performance was quite mediocre especially with being a former ninja uh, so I'll be pretty much back to rock climbing, back to rings, get back into gymnastics. I've been I've been lacking. You know, I'm looking at doing a little bit more power lifting orientated stuff. So lifting weight. I think Comet is quite an all-around athlete, but now we're kind of looking to, you know, get bigger, stronger and push more weight and, you know, be able to just be a bit more agile in the air, I guess. And I know that kind of sounds like it contradicts itself, but those are my weaknesses I, I feel in the show. The agility is there. I'm training all the time anyway just like dragon yeah we're saying we're saying fit healthy and uh, i'm still on the court so that's all that matters you know what one thing i actually would try and practice is my banter as well <laughs> with fights i don't usually i don't usually talk to them because i get to punch them in the face a little bit later so i think i'll practice uh you know going at the contestants a bit more yes how was your relationship with the two presenters were you were you really happy with the post event interviews and things were you comfortable yeah probably loved me <laughs> we uh he was a, he's a massive fan so that was cool and liz uh yeah she was really cool as well i've, I've been watching both since i was a kid you know on the nrl um uh, on the nrl shows so i think that was a pretty pretty sweet dynamic here i absolutely love the presenters uh they have amazing banter and because comedy is quite sassy you know they gave it back and i absolutely loved every bit of that especially from from liz uh she gave it to me and i absolutely adore her for that as for Bo, yeah i've been i'm young so i've been watching Bo growing up so for me i was it was very cool to see him and interact with him and he's such a sweetheart so yeah i absolutely I absolutely love them both. I felt very comfortable and um, the banter for me was, it was unreal. Do you have any questions that you wanted to ask Di as someone who's been there, done it, got a t-shirt? Yeah, uh, I, I will. It was one thing that I mentioned to the uh, gladiators afterwards when we finished the show, just about I like a lot of the times after my fights and stuff, when you have these big build-ups to an event and this big peak and then you have the drop-off afterwards, I was wondering if you either had the drop-off or if or ha- yeah, if you dealt with it, like especially, you don't know, if you're going into season two, how long the break is. Yeah, it was. It, we'd have these kind of annual meetings with the producer and the director. It'd be like your feedback, you know, what you did well, what they'd like to see you grow towards, what they'd like more of or less of and I think we're always in limbo none of us took for granted that would be about us back season after season because if you looked at very original cast it changed quite a bit over two or three years mm. 
we got like a, like you were saying comment about the right fit, the right members in your team, no passengers, no one just good at one event, getting people that were willing to really get good at everything. And I think that's important. It's very important now because content is standards. Like 30 years ago when I did it, sports science, nutrition, it's just a different level now. So if the contenders are coming in up there, glads have to be stratospheric, you know? Yeah, I think we would, would all I'll be in a bit of limbo in between from year to year in filming. I can't quite recall what it felt like. I just was relieved it was in the can and you could actually sit on a Saturday night and enjoy it rather than being there. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, but anything, everything about it was just a, such a, a great... I'm going to use the J word. Sorry, David. Danny! great journey and you know you make the most of every moment because you know 30 years from now when you guys are looking back you'll be going why are they gladiators <laughs> and you probably still will be the pair of you by the looks of it <laughs> if you can go back would there be anything you do slightly differently based on where we're at you know we have things like social media and you know we have all this marketing and things like that so it's a little bit different but in that aspect but like if you could go back, would there be anything that you would just change? Either what you did or I guess how you presented yourself or whatever, maybe on the show, off the show. Not one thing. I loved how I had to find a way to feel comfortable in the arena because I wasn't from a big bodybuilding background or my athletics career had stopped when I was 14. I was then 22 when I walked into the arena, but I kept my gymnastic agility level and skills level really quite high. So I wouldn't because the blend of being able to throw myself around the arena as an athlete and also be able to throw aerial cartwheels, flicks and somersaults just to get from one side of the arena to the other without people staring at my bum, which I'm very aware of. But just keep moving. They won't see the cellulite. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to dancer and I've got so body paranoid, but actually gladiating made me so proud of my curves and my muscles and it, it just like the arena. And I'm at the time coming out the late 80s into the early 90s in the UK, which had like all the supermodels and they were very small and thin and close hangers. I thought it was just we have a strong bunch of of women here who are functionally fit, looking great, to put role models out there for very different lives for yourselves in, in terms of culture and what have you. It's, it's having that visibility to say this, you know, what, what certain men would put on a catwalk in the 1980s is not the norm. The norm is everyone and everyone. And it's all it's all acceptable. So I was really excited about that. But I, I did think, oh no. Oh, I'm going to look, I can't wear tights. Because dancers can wear tights and leggings and things. My final question that I wanted to ask you was, which events would you like to play more in Series 2? Powerball. It is rugby and basketball together. Why would you not put me more on that? <laughs> but like this time, I would like to see the change instead of three gladiators versus two. I would like one-on-one. -on -one. Let's bring the entertainment factor here. Let's show people how good we are at our job. Because that's one thing that I was like, okay, I love I got a partner behind me, but the objective here is to be scored on. And I want to prove to you that you are not going nowhere. You cannot get past me and then run into another brick wall. You're going to run a straight and you're going to come just for me. So if I'm being Powerball, absolutely. I would like to hit, hit people a bit more. So maybe Gormod, Powerball, put me in something where I get to hit the contestants. Anything where I'm <laughs> Where I get to sack them, but I'll, I'll look after them. Just put me on there. Dragon Comet, thank you so much for joining us on the Glad Pod. If you listen to this, you're in Australia and you're a prospective contender. You can apply for Series 2 at 10play.com.au. And Gladiators is on at 7.30pm on Channel 10. And of course, you can catch up on 10play. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate it. Take care. <laughs>
Well, there we have it. Comet and Dragon on the GladPod. I mean, I know I said it about 100 times in there, but actually speaking to real-life gladiators that are going through that process, you know, die. did that take you back a little bit, actually, in terms of, you know, remembering yourself when you were at that stage in your gladiatorial journey? Yes, it did. I think probably as the next few minutes and a few hours and next couple of days, there'll be things that sort of pop up for me and I'll go, oh my goodness, why has that been triggered? And the cost of the this, this time just spent with both Comet and Dragon, I love their thirst to be gladiators in 2024. I am just, I've literally fallen back in love with the whole show. Uh, not that I'd ever fallen out of love with it, but it, you know, as you get older and the years go by, I am, I'm just so excited. I can't tell you, I am the big fan on the sofa with a pizza or popcorn or something being just there. Um, yeah, but <laughs> just it's a lovely role reversal for me. I, I can take, I can feel part of it, but without having to take one single bruise, <laughs> and that that's good for me. <laughs> Have we had someone that's been that kind of basketball, rugby background female gladiator? We've had Siren from the original UK Gladiators, who's a basketball player. Yeah, it's an underrated sport, I think, in terms of how good it makes them as gladiators as well. Just to, to kind of say on the back of what Di said, like you could feel their enthusiasm for being gladiators, and I think that's what's just so exciting is from watching the Australian series. The team just seems so close. I think they have a lot of the locker room behind the scenes clips. You really do get their personality and the characters, what they're building over there. So it's it's really great to see. And Di, as I know we spoke to them about it, but just picking up on the fact that the, the prize is that, you know, the champion male and female contenders could become gladiators for series two. I feel like, well, we had units that did that. So, but, uh, you know, that definitely gives them much more of an incentive, doesn't it? Totally. I would, I would love to see that employed literally over here i think that is such a wonderful accolade what better than to have a contender come back as a gladiator you know already in in production in terms of fitness and of and the the ability to do the arena events they can do it they can do all of it because they prove themselves i like that a lot one thing we didn't quite get onto but I think it's probably more relevant for you, guys. the fact that the referee for the Australia show is is Hammer. So the former OG Australian gladiator and rugby league player, you know, you competed alongside him in the Ashes and the International Gladiators, didn't you? And, and I think is... Is it nice to see that yes. link back to the original series? Yes, it is. I, I'll be very honest. I was I was a little bit... I know that going from ITV to BBC, they wanted to put their, their own brand and mark on it, but I would have absolutely loved how each and every one of the original gladiators had a part to play some point during the whole of the filming of the series, even if it was just punditry or as a guest ref. I think that would have been so good. It still could happen. Who knows? Because we know the show and the events inside out. It was wonderful to see have a mark there with his cap on and doing the gladiators ready. I'm so proud of him. Contenders, are you ready? Gladiators, are you ready? Three, two, one. And of course, his lovely son and Delta's lovely son, they're contenders during their series. Wow. We talk about the handing down the baton. And if either of those both get through, obviously it'll be only one in the end, they can become gladiators too, like their folks. That's fab. I love it. And what I liked as well is the the events that they've got. There's a lot there that people know, Paul. You know, there's nine events. So we've got Jewel, Powerball, Pyramid, The Wall, 
tilt, hang tough, whiplash, um, the edge, which is obviously the same one, the new UK event, and obviously the the eliminator as well. But interesting that we've got pyramid and tilt in the Australian reboot, but not the UK one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been very intrigued to see how pyramid and tilt have kind of turned out for the Australian series, because obviously in the UK version we had some not so good injuries on both of those games, which is why they're probably not in the series nowadays. Whereas luckily in the Australian version when they've had both of those events previously they've never had any serious injuries on them believe it or not so i think that's why those two games are kind of still in their event pool over there but it's really great to see how it can still be played and hopefully be played safely as well in this day and age and paul i quite like the names for the australian gladiators so we've got arrow chaos i love chaos that we've got a new cobra comet obviously cyclone dragon electra halo maximus phoenix raven spartan viking i quite like all of those names don't you yeah like i said that i love the australian team i think that they've got the mix of characters and personalities aside from like comet and, and dragon who've just had on like chaos for me is one of the standout characters she just bursts through your tv screen and you cannot ignore her so they've got some really interesting ones and they've also got a special guest gladiator called black ops which is an interesting one he kind of just swoops in some events plays it and then vanishes again so they've got some like interesting concepts throughout the whole series as well now never ever have i seen a gladiator bio as accurate as comet she's fiery she's sassy and destructive in her own style always striving to be the brightest and most powerful star comet is unforgettable assertive and confident she's the queen of the sledge in the arena traveling faster than the speed of sound comet will cause destruction wherever she lands i mean that is essentially what we've just heard of isn't it dyad it is. She, she's a great embodiment. Her spirit and drive actually reminds me of one of the original American gladiators, Ice. Laurie Fettrick, of course. Just that real, you could see she'll play, she'll toy with contenders and her fellow gladiators in that arena. She wants to be Queen Bee and she has every ingredient to be just that. So that little mini bio is is perfect for her. I want to see the Jet versus Comet competition. I want to see you two go again. I loved how she turned that around and she was like, I want to go against Jet because she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I think Lightning statistically has that mantle. And you know what? That would be an incredible contest. Not that I'm deflecting off me at all, but I think for me to gladiate it again now would be interesting. You'd probably have to give me three years to train up. <laughs> not just three months anymore. <laughs> I quite like Dragon's bio as well. You know, it starts off simply that he's an animal and he flies at a contender with fury. And I definitely got that vibe from him. And I feel like he was very much a case of he needs to learn when he needs to go flying at the contender, when perhaps he just needs to let the contender sort of come to him. You know, making the contenders wish that dragons were a thing of fantasy, approaching every event like it's his last. Dragon shows no mercy. He terrifies of his dark eyes and menacing scream, expect the unexpected from dragon and actually having spoken with him i feel like perfectly sums him up as well in terms of it kind of makes it sound like he's going full-blooded full pelt into every event and these contenders gotta be ready for it you can see the fire literally in his belly that will probably i would just like to say make him probably one of the most popular male lads that that team will have right now 
But yeah, and, and just finally, Di, just picking up on the fact that it feels like those guys came on the Glad Pod to really just call out the uh, UK show and get the Ashes reignited again. And as someone who's competed in those events, I'm guessing that you'd be really keen to kind of see it back. I would, absolutely. It's a, it's a wonderful experience for the Gladiators on both sides. As I said, though, it, it, you're the, basically it's the contenders competing against each other and the Glads are still resistance to success. If it would be Gladiator on Gladiator, that's a completely different story and concept. I wonder what ours would think of that. <laughs> She's definitely up for it, Gomez. And Dragon. So as always, guys, if you've got anything that you wanted to pick up from that episode or ask all myself or die, you know what you've got to do by now. Slide into our DMs on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter or send us an email, gladpod at gladiatorstv.com. Thank you so much for joining us this week. See you again soon. Good competition, good spirit, great sportsmanship as both contenders show mutual respect. Join us again next week for the ultimate challenge, the might of...